gentlemen, welcome to Matt Chat. This is David Mercatani. Today, it is really a true honor to be joined by one of the legends of the sport, the founder of the Sunkiss Kids, Mr. Art Martori. Art, thank you so much for being on with me today. You're welcome. There's there's so much stuff to get into, but for some of the maybe younger listeners that don't know a lot about the Sunkiss Kids, I kind of want to just give everybody a little bit of background. So in my research, and please correct me if anything's wrong, you started the Sunkiss Kids in 1976, that you are actually a Brophy High School graduate in Phoenix and went on to wrestle at Arizona State University. And during your career, when you were done, you wanted to be able to continue to contribute to the sport, and that's what you that's what started the Sunkiss Kids Wrestling Club. And, you know, I went through Wikipedia and did a bunch of research, and it's just amazing how many folks that you've actually helped sponsor and helped bring along in the sport of wrestling. Uh, folks like John Smith, Tricia Saunders, Henry Cejudo, Cale Sanderson, Ruan Gardner, Jordan Burroughs, and countless others have all, all been members of the Sunkiss Kids. Have I got, did I get all of that correct, sir? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Well, great. I guess I just want to start at the beginning. T tell me how you got into wrestling. I got injured. I was a football player, got injured uh, uh, in a freak accident. And uh, and uh, so I to get in shape, uh, stay in shape, I, I started to wrestle uh, when I got uh, healed up and uh, hurt my elbow and I got, it was healed up and I didn't have anything to do. So I, went down to the YMCA and uh, Brophy didn't have a wrestling at the time and uh, started the wrestling, uh, started wrestling. And it was uh, evident that I was never going to be very good at football. I wasn't big enough. And uh, so I was uh, a one, uh, 157 pounder, 154 pounder at that time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just uh, uh, enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it so much. And it was contact. And I had three other brothers and a, a sister and, we had uh, contact almost every night, uh, so <laughs> it was uh, it was something that wasn't uh, foreign to me. And and uh, you know it's nothing like these these days when kids are starting when they're you know eight, ten, nine eight years old. And uh, uh, we have an academy that uh, has those kids in it in, in middle school. And uh, so we're um, I started out as kind of a late bloomer, and and but uh, enjoyed it and enjoyed the camaraderie and and just. Uh, uh, the challenge it did for me, how it pushed me, and uh, so I, uh, that's how I got into sport. Wow, what's wrestling's gain is football's loss for sure. So, um, what what kind of wrestling career did you have, sir? It was it was okay. I mean, I I, I had a, a, a wrestled at uh, the Phoenix College, and we just we would wrestle ASU, and, and I mean, I wrestled at uh, Phoenix College. You didn't put that in there, I. And uh, we wrestled and, and did okay there. Didn't win any championships, and then, but then I went on to ASU and uh, and did pretty good. Uh, and I uh, uh, was we were WAC champions at the time. I was a WAC champions with uh, some really great guys, Curly Culp and wow. uh, Glenn Glenn McMahon and the, and uh, Buzz Hayes and the Russo brothers and Lloyd Eck and and uh, we just had a. Uh, really, we're still all friends, and uh, and just uh, it was just a special, 
uh, special thing for me. Uh, and I think most wrestlers can tell you the same thing. It was, uh, it just was, uh, uh, a life, it's a lifelong experience, uh, with, uh, those guys. And then after wrestling, after college, uh, I, uh, tried out for the Olympics. I did, didn't make it, uh, got close, but, uh, uh, didn't make it in, uh, I think it was in 1964. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, that's years ago, decades ago. And, uh, but, uh, it stopped and, uh, started, went into business and, uh, and, uh, rest of its history. I mean, I started working with my parents and, um, my dad and then, uh, now they're all passed away and my brother and I own a large farming operation and I'm able to, uh, uh, support, uh, my and uh and uh it's much more than that but i a lot of people want to joke to me about a hobby uh, but it's a uh, it's something that i think it's a worthwhile thing that i, I think wrestling especially the times we're going through right now with uh, the decrease of people involved in the sport at the high school level uh people more specializing and, and different and there's a lot of different sports for them to pick from but uh i just uh uh, saw an opportunity, uh, where when we were wrestling, we would go to tournaments and we all jump in a car, somebody's car, and, uh, there'd be six or seven or eight of us in the car and we'd have one motel room and we'd be eating bologna sandwiches and, uh, and try to wrestle. And, and Glenn tells a funny story. We'd go to these tournaments and we, he would walk up to the, whoever the tournament, tournament leader was and promoter and he said, why don't you just give us the trophy now? <laughs> or we'll beat the hell beat the hell out of everybody, and then we'll give us it later. And uh, so we we had a, we had a really good time, and we and we did we had a lot of fun with it. And uh, but it was uh, it, it was a struggle, and 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 obviously we didn't wrestle the best we could have if we had a little bit better uh, situation. And and that's what really started the the, the sun kissed was that we gave opportunity uh, to a lot of wrestlers uh, for them to be able to wrestle and go to tournaments. And that's morphed into a much more sophisticated and uh, less numbers, but uh, really high intensity uh, training and, and opportunities for those individuals to get on the podium. Wow, that's such a great background. And and you really kind of led me to my next question. I, I know I read you guys started Sunkiss Kids in 76, but you know what was the genesis of that? How did you come up with the idea? And and like well, you said, it's evolved. How has how has the support changed over time? Yeah, it, it evolved. Uh, we had somebody that was head of New York DC, and he um, came up to me after a tournament, and he said, "You know, I had a couple of athletes that were on the West Coast. They were happy to be on the on the East Coast." And he was said, uh, "You know, you better why don't you just stay on the West Coast and." Uh, and uh we'll take care of the east coast and uh that's kind of uh you don't know me but i love somebody to challenge me and uh, tell me what not to do and and uh <laughs> I've heard that, it, it, <laughs> and, and so we just so we went out there and um and uh decided that uh, we'd just grab up everybody and uh then we had a, a nice long run of winning championships but it's not about winning championships at the at the at the national level that we're about anymore. It's about trying to put people on the Olympic team, the world team, and trying to get them to a level that they can uh get on the on a podium. Um it it it's not easy. 
Uh, you gotta, you gotta send them all over the world. Uh, they have to compete and they have to compete at the highest level. And that takes a lot of money and you can't do that with, uh, you know, a hundred athletes. You get, we do it with a handful of athletes now. And, uh, we, and that's our model. Uh, other clubs do different things and we all do a different thing. We're all important on what we do. Uh, but, uh, uh that's where it, we, we still fund about the same level that we've always been funding, but we, uh, uh, fund in a different way. Well, and, and for the, I mentioned to some of the folks that have wrestled under the Sunkiss banner, but obviously you know, who all these folks are. So for people that don't know, can you give us some of the names of the folks that have come through Sunkist over the years? That'd be kind of unfair because I leave somebody out. Okay. And, 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 and there's, and there's, a, there's a lot of people. I mean, the, the, the gold medal winners, you know, you, you, you left out Kenny Monday, who's a multiple uh, Olympian. Uh, I was you know, of course, yeah. I interviewed him to talk to you. <laughs> so. I, I'm sorry that you had to do that. Uh, and, 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 uh, uh, Kendall Cross and, 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 and Townsend Saunders and Zeke Jones and da, 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 and they just go on and on and on and on. And, uh, but it's, it, 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 that was the good Matt Gaffari, uh, the Shear brothers, uh, 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 Nate Carr and, uh, My you know, God. uh, uh, the, uh, it, uh, it was, uh, it's been a good run. The women is, I think, all, all of the men, what we've accomplished with the men, uh, you know, those fellows were, we just helped them. Uh, John Smith uh, was a great wrestler. Art Martori didn't make him a great wrestler. He was a great wrestler. He, he did, we gave him the ability to do what he needed to do uh, to get to the level he, he, he became, you know, the greatest wrestler we've ever had. And, uh, uh, and, and one of the, you know, the greatest coaches we've ever had. And, uh, he, uh, uh, but we gave him the opportunity to focus on the wrestling and not focus on having to worry about how he's going to get to point A to point B and what he's going to eat and, and who was going to be in his corner and those types of things. Uh, it is, uh, uh, that's, that's what we did. But I think what I'm proud about, you know, I'm proud about our, 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 um, our academy where we take the kids at the beginning. And, and and give them the opportunity and watch those kids to turn into high school champions and 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 and, and national champions and then and then uh, Olympians and uh, and the, and the women uh, the the women uh, program that we have and and uh, you know Helen uh, winning the gold medal this mm-hmm. uh, last Olympics and and uh, and Tricia watching her uh, how how she did and winning her medals and and uh, the world medals and uh, and uh and the other women who have won uh, medals at the olympics and uh and all of the women i mean there that with with jim Shear and i and with trisha that uh, we pushed the, the us not the usoc but fila uh into into a corner that they had to do that and i believe wrestling wouldn't be around today if we didn't have women's wrestling and that would have given them the excuse that they needed. And, and, uh, it's because Trisha Saunders, uh, knocked and, and pounded on our doors and, and put her foot before we could slam the door. And, and, uh, and, uh, we have women's wrestling, uh, 
because she wouldn't just leave us alone. And, uh, and, uh, I, uh, and, and following up on what she wanted and, and doing it and meeting with the USOC and meeting with uh, the, uh, Fila, uh, was, uh, a great accomplishment and watching them at the Olympics and, and, uh, see how they progressed when I, when I would, be sitting there and listening to the officials laugh at the women's wrestling, and that nobody wow. laughs anymore. Wow! Uh, they uh, they're uh, uh, they they're very accomplished and uh, and uh, uh, do a great job in the sport. I think they uh, uh, obviously uh, uh, it's something that uh, is is growing across the country. So many things, but one of the things that jumped out with me or out to me that you said was about how you guys really made Fila, which is now UWW for folks that don't know, you know, bring women's wrestling on. And, and I personally share your opinion about how women's wrestling is instrumental in keeping both genders of wrestling around. Can you, can you share with me a little bit about what actually kind of happened with Fila to get women's wrestling at the Olympic level created? Uh, just the persistence of uh, Trish and Jim. Uh, and, and sitting down with Mark Netting, uh, and, and, uh, Rafi and, and, and showing them the benefits and what, what's, what needed to be done and what, where the world's going. And Rafi's wife, uh, jumped in, agreeing with it. And, uh, it was, uh, those, uh, uh, those people and, and sitting down and working out the weight classes. I can't, I, I, I mean, it's, it's funny though. Now thinking back, because I didn't prepare for this, but uh, <laughs> thinking back that we were sitting in, a, in the bleachers and we were writing down weight classes and, and, and Trish was saying, <laughs> well, we should do this and we should do that. Because guys don't know weight classes for women. Correct. And how we came up with the weight, the weight classes and we submitted it to Rafi and we said, here's the weight classes. And that's for the weight classes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you guys literally did them in the bleachers? <laughs> yeah, we were sitting down talking, and he was sitting at the head table, and uh, you know that was the suggestion we made. It wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't, uh, and, and, and obviously we had one of the best uh, women wrestlers in, that had ever been. That uh, you know uh, had she was the one that was uh, making the suggestion, so it was not like we had somebody pulled out of uh, the air that uh, didn't know what they were talking about. Wow. Well, you mentioned you didn't prepare for this. I prepared like crazy for this, which clearly tells you who's more important in this conversation. So um, a couple of the folks I talked to, I, I know you have great relationships with these folks and know it, but I wanted to just pass along to you and to the listeners what some of these folks said. Kenny Monday said, quote, you know, you've been instrumental in the success of almost all of our American champions that his development and rise to the top would have been extremely difficult without you and Sunkiss Kids. He said you're a pioneer and a visionary and, you know, almost like a, like a second father to him. So I, want, I, I think people – we have a lot of young listeners, and they may not really fully grasp who I'm talking to right now. Um, John Smith, he, he, goes, he said that Art has had a huge influence on so many generations of wrestlers from before his time to today and that you've made a gigantic difference. And he said, you know, when I talk to Art, you get things done, from whether it's a wrestling plan or a financial plan to make a trip or something like that happen, and that you've been a mentor and advisor to him. 
And one of the things he mentioned was that both of you were inducted into the National Ital Italian Hall of Fame and not just the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Uh, and he told, yeah. yeah, tell me about that. No, it, 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 a lot of people tell me all that John Smith's mom uh, is Italian. And uh, he, he obviously, uh, the Italian Hall of Fame, uh, Sports Hall of Fame, uh, needs the greatest wrestler that ever lived uh, in America in that hall, in the Hall of Fame. So uh, uh, he was inducted in the Hall of Fame at the same time. Uh, I was inducted for what I had con uh, contributed to the sport. And uh, uh, so we both went in at the same time. Wow. He also mentioned that the stipend that you gave him to help him with training and living costs, and he said that, quote, that gave me a head start in coaching, gave me financial security. And he said, Art cares about us much more than just about our wrestling. He shares his wisdom. He shares the cold, hard facts, and he gives us tough love. And he said, Art, and you already mentioned this, Art wants to compete with these other clubs like the NYIC and Titan Mercury. And then I got a chance to talk to Rich Bender, and um, Rich's quote is, Art is a gem, a true American treasure. He said he's made, Art, or Rich said he's made few big decisions in his career at USA Wrestling without chatting with you first, and that you are one of the wisest men he knows. But he did tell me I needed to ask you about a couple stories. He said that there's uh -oh. a story. <laughs> you, have the, you have the option of opting out, but I'm going to ask. He said that there's a story about you firing an entire picking crew on your farm and what your father told you. Can you tell me about that? <laughs> well, we're in the produce business, and there's a, there's a lettuce crew, and this is after the Bracero program was eliminated, and we were in between uh, uh, the, uh, the, you know, a lot of people wonder, how do we have 12 million illegals into our country? Uh, what was happening? Well, uh, you know, I'm, I hate to tell you this, but, you know, our Border Patrol kind of wink, wink, nod, nod, because when we put put out the Bracero program, there was nobody to harvest. There was nobody there to do the work. Wow. And uh, so we had to replace those people. And uh, so those Braceros came back across. And, and if you do the math over the time period, we're talking about thousands of thousands of people coming across the border in a very, very, very short period of uh, time each year. And uh, so uh, uh, during that period of time, we, we couldn't find anybody. Uh, we would have this, uh, the workers would come out to the field, and you really just ble were blessed that anybody showed up. And uh, and I was out of college, just out of college, still doing a little bit of wrestling, and I, and I was uh, not afraid of anybody. And uh, and do it, you know, it wouldn't take crap from anyone. So I, I, uh, so I would go up to a guy and he, and a, a box of lettuce used to weigh about 45, 50 pounds. Well, this box is 24 pounds with just a bunch of leaves. And I said, you're fired. Get out of here. Well, he just stood up and said, I'm fired. Okay. And he looked around and we had about 50 people in the field. And he says, adios. And adios. And everybody went. And uh, my, uh, I called my dad on the radio, and I said, hey, Dad, the crew just left. I just fired one guy, and everybody left. He says, well, we got to uh, 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 harvest 5,000 boxes today. Just get get at it. And I, and I learned from that point on that you uh, sometimes you it, it, there's a word that we all do. I, we all do it with our wives, but we do it in business also. It's called compromise. And so uh, – 
I learned the definition of compromising that day, and I uh, I don't make that mistake anymore. How did the 5,000 heads of lettuce get harvested that day, Art? They didn't. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> they, uh, they, uh, they went the, at the end of the week when we were supposed to have that amount of harvest that we obviously cobbled some crews together and, and, and uh, were back in business the next day. Uh, and I did some mea culpas, and uh, but uh, we uh, uh, we probably were a little short at the end of the week uh, getting things back. We just pushed, kicked the can down the road a little bit. <laughs> and and by the way, the, the, we were ahead of ourselves. That's why the lettuce was so soft. And uh, so we were. Uh, I was trying. I, you, in those days, you didn't know whether you're going to have cruise or not, so you were always cutting ahead of yourself, ahead of yourself, and. Uh, and uh, so it didn't. It, we didn't really lose anything. It was just a, a lesson that I learned, and I, I've never forgotten. That's a rough way to learn the lesson, but you're right about compromise. So, uh, Rich Bender also said, "I quote: He tried to kill me snowboarding. Make sure he tells you that story." <laughs> it wasn't snowboarding. It was snowmobiling. Snowmobiling. Um, I typed it wrong. You're right. Snowmobiling. I've been. I, 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 I I've been snowmobiling, um, I guess, since I've been 18, um, since I could drive a car and, and, and buy a snowmobile. And uh, a friend of mine, Leroy Schneider, and I have snowmobiled up in uh, Flagstaff. I have a cabin up there together for uh, close to uh, over 50 years, I guess, 40-some-odd years. And uh, – and, uh, we we dragged our sleds up to uh, Colorado Springs and and uh, Rich took us up to another another place and we had a uh, a snowmobile and uh, we we've snowmobiled so long and it's for, with each other and we have uh, snowmobiles that are 100 120 130 mile an hour snowmobiles and so we we just said Rich just get on and just follow us and. Uh, and Rich hadn't didn't have a lot of experience, so uh, and we were, you know, 50, 60, 70 miles an hour. He had a, a little bit of a hard time keeping up, <laughs> so he he accused us of trying to to kill him. So uh, we said, "Well, you lead, and we'll follow." And 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 then we kept on would run up and hit him with our snowmobiles. So he he wasn't really happy with. That that experience. And if you ask Glenn McMinn, which this happened about five years ago, Glenn would tell you the same story. We have a lot of people accused us of trying to kill them on snowmobiles. Uh, <laughs> this is not an isolated we, charge. <laughs> this is not a. He's not. He's in a in a, a group. He's not all by himself. Okay. So if I ever get the chance to come down there and we get a chance to spend time together, I should pick probably anything besides snowmobiling. Is that right? I don't think you would. Uh, we we do quads, we do razors, uh, we do sand buggies. Uh, you pick your. If it has an engine, we we probably done it together. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Couture. He took me out riding in the desert, and I th we're about eight. Like felt like about like eight inches from the cliff. <laughs> the point of no return. Yeah, and I, and I and I didn't mention the Greco guys. Have Randy Couture and. Uh, Matt Gaffari and Roland Gardner, yeah, and Matt Lindland, yeah, those are other Sun Kiss kids. Yeah, Randy has all kinds of love and respect for you. I actually spoke to him about you today. So yeah, um, another person who's who knows you says that you're one of the most humble men he's ever met. And 
I'm always amazed at the guys that have done the most in life, and in your case, you know, personally, business-wise, financially, and and being so heavily involved in in philanthropy. How have you been able to maintain such a level of humility? Well, it's, it's, through this phone call, I I don't think I come off really humble, but uh, uh, really, I, I you know, if you need to have. And we've all seen this in the sport, our sport, uh, other sports. If you need somebody to be always uh, putting your name up in lights and, and patting you on the bat and telling you how great you are, then you shouldn't be doing it. If you, if you, if you do things that are, that you think you're helping people and, and helping the, you know, your community and whatever, uh, and you need to get a award for it or whatever, um, then, Pretty much, you probably shouldn't even do it because you probably can't afford to do it because you need the uh, uh, the sponsorship or type of thing to to be you know so that you could uh, monetize it. I I, I just uh, I really truly enjoy it. I enjoy the people that that you've talked to and uh, and and I they give me back a lot more than I give them. Uh, it's just money and uh, and and yeah, quite a bit of my time, but. Uh, it's been more than worth it. Wow. Um, tell me what, if if you don't mind, is maybe be a hard question to answer, but I've been lucky enough with this, with these podcasts to talk to some really successful people. And one of the things I really like to do is pick their brains about their philosophy, about, about life and about competing. So, you know, and you compete obviously as the Sunkissed Kids, you compete as Martori Farms. What, what what is your philosophy on life and on competition? Well, competition. I mean, uh, if I was comp- if I'm competing in business, uh, I, I give people more than what they're giving me. I mean, I, I, I tend to overproduce, uh, overqualify. Uh, like our melon business, uh, we deal with all the top people in the country: uh, Walmart, Costco, and all these high V. Uh, Myers, uh, Kroger, Safeway, uh, it goes on and on and on. And, and, and those people, uh, require the best and we give them the best. We overqualify. We give them better than what our competition does and we don't get more for it. And, uh, but that way, uh, there's, we always are performing at a very high level and we have our product pre-sold. Uh, so you don't go, and we're at a at a dollar that we're charging that um, we're making a profit. And, and my dad told me a long, long time ago, you never go broke uh, and make a, making a profit. Uh, so we we might make we could make maybe maybe make a little bit more money, but we we rather uh, have good customers, get paid, and and um, and give them a, a really good quality product. And they demand it, and we give it to them. And it's published for us to do those. Are you still there, Art? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Sorry, the phone cut out for a second. Okay. So I don't think people maybe even can grasp, and I don't want to be gauche and talk about finances, but Martori Farms are just like just all the the clients or customers you just named. You guys are – unbelievably successful and 
I would think that your success in business, and obviously, you know, your college career was good and, and trying out for the Olympics, it wasn't like you're just some guy that took fifth at state one time. How do you think your success in business has bled over into the people you've been able to have impact on in, in wrestling? Well, I help them. I mean, I, I, I sit and, 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 get, and, and, and I have credibility. So when I'm sitting down and talking with somebody, I have over, uh, you know, 40 years of, of experience uh, working with athletes uh, at the highest level. And, um, and so I have credibility. You know, we, this is what we, I think you should do. This is where I think you should go. This is where I think you, where you should compete. Uh, and this is the training program. I mean, we're working on the cutting edge of, of, of uh, training now. It's changed so much over the last uh, few years uh, that we're implementing. We're staying ahead of the program, and they have to, and they. I think they uh, understand that uh, that to be successful in business nowadays. You know, for me, let's just put the seed in the ground. I, it's, we don't have enough time for me to explain. <laughs> what you have to do nowadays, but we have our whole company is on, uh, on tablets. I mean, everything that we do is entered every every morning. Uh, my daughter makes sure that I have all the and my daughter Kim, who really runs Sunkiss and our office. Um, we have numbers that said this is what it cost you to operate uh, yesterday, uh, your date uh, against last year. Uh, so you you have that's the way we run our the credibility we have in the industry and the credibility of being able to spill over into wrestling is staying on the cutting edge, uh, doing the, the best we can possibly do. You you know people uh, I, I went to the nationals for the first time in 15 years and uh, this year because ASU I, I'm part of uh, what's sure. happening at ASU and uh, and uh, and I. And other universities, but, uh, I, um, and I walked to Penn State and, uh, and, and Cale Sanderson is, uh, uh, my hero. I mean, I, I would love to be as, as, as great as that individual is. Mm -hmm. He's a great human, great human being, uh, besides wrestling. He's just a great person. But you can see him and his athletes and where those athletes and how they're trained and, and how he, he gets them prepared to where other athletes are prepared by other universities. So there's, it's really difficult to beat somebody that, uh, is, is right on the cutting edge and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, uh, we hopefully, and, and this is the thing that they don't like to hear from me, the coaches, and thank God I know them fairly well. Uh, uh, they hate to hear our toys back into wrestling, uh, collegiate wrestling, but, um, you know, I, we, we got, to ASU and uh, ASU, it wasn't just getting seen, but ASU stepped up, put money into the and they, uh, into the program, and not jump change, big dollars. And, uh, and, and I came in with our RTC group, and uh, and with Sunkist, and uh, and 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 we're able to compete at that highest level now. And, 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 and look at what these top, uh, uh, schools are doing that the Oklahoma State and the Iowa and the, and the Penn State. You know, Penn State is just way above, but he's there differently than Iowa's there. He's, he's there at a, at a different level, is at a different level. And, um, uh, it is going to be a while for 
catch up, but we will. And, and we, you know, and, and, we, but you have to do a lot of things to get to that level. Yeah. And, and Lee Pritz is a, a guy I've been friends with for a long time and he, he raves about the support you've given the RTC and ASU as a program. And careful of what you say right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, okay. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm telling you that, that, that I'm only allowed to give so much support and so much help. I think Lee just looks at you as a mentor as much as anything else. I think that's free 100% within the rules. So, yeah. Um, uh, Well, Lee Lee Pritz is a a dynamo. He's 110% or every day. Yes. That that dude's the ever-ready bunny for sure. So, or energizer bunny. Yeah. Um, What was your role in saving Arizona State? Because, you know, several years ago it was dropped for a real short period of time. What happened there, and what was your role in making sure that that didn't happen? It was just a simple transaction that it needed funding. It got the funding, and uh, until it could get uh, certain things happened, and uh, those things did happen, and um, and the university took over the funding uh, uh, after a, a few years, and um, we have it right now. I I am not funding the program any longer. Ah, okay. And when ASU brought Zeke Jones in, I know they had a committee and things like that, and I'm guessing you were on the committee, but besides the committee part of it, which I'm assuming, you can correct me if I'm wrong, what else was your role in bringing Zeke there, and and how do you feel about the future of Arizona State Wrestling? Well, I knew Zeke. I mean, Zeke knew him when he was at ASU uh, competing, and I I've known him through his whole career uh, when he wrestled for Sunkist and uh, when he was at uh, USA Wrestling. He was uh, uh, that that was done with some of my help, and uh, and and then uh, we had uh, and then when he came, uh, the job opened up for ASU, um, I put his name in and I talked to him if he was willing to come and and. Uh, and he was, and they interviewed him, and uh, and offered the job, and uh, it was that's how it came. It wasn't any big uh, uh, big deal, really. <laughs> it's nice when things like that aren't a big deal. So yeah, um, when you're in my role, for people that don't know, you write up a list of questions, and sometimes you have no idea what the answers are going to be, and then as you start talking to folks, you get a pretty good idea. So one of the questions that I that I wanted to ask you was with with the rise of of folks like Titan Mercury and the Ohio RTC and Nittany Lion Wrestling Club, and and I don't want to slight anybody. Just like you said at the beginning, you didn't want to name some people and forget others. But these clubs that are doing good things, the NYAC, how do you view things as the leader of the Sunkiss Kids? How do I view things as it relates to USA Wrestling and 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 the and the help that everyone's doing I, I i think it's unbelievable it, it a lot of it is what i'm doing uh, there's no need for art mortuary to have 115 uh 120 athletes at the national open any longer uh Titan mercury has stepped up to an andiest believable level across the whole board of a swath of wrestling it's beyond my comprehension great that he's he's doing that he has the capability of doing it. and uh it's it's a godsend to it, to the sport and 
and and what the other what what the uh, lions and this is a program that we implemented when ASU when ASU won the national we had our club there and uh, it's just you 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 know sharpening steel the steel if you have the best of the at your program who are trying out to be world uh, champions and you have the research training center there and you're able to have those athletes working with your athletes, uh, they're going to get better or get out. So uh, you can see what's happening at uh, at Penn State, Ohio State, uh, across the board. um, The RTC program that's been implemented is making our whole program better. And the only problem is that Cross in the world nowadays, and in in, in, a, in USA wrestling, the athletes are much much younger. So our medalists are coming out of our collegiate programs now. Right. So we're we're wrestling parallel with folk style and collegiate, um, and that's a travesty. Uh, there's a bunch of old dogs that aren't going to make the, make a change, and uh, there's no sense in fighting that. We're probably always going to have folk style. Hopefully they'll move a little uh, freestyle. Uh, they, they look at it and say we're the dominant uh, sport, and they are in the United States. Uh, but uh, I look at what's best for the United States, and uh, uh, that's why I'm a freestyler. And uh, at freestyle, we're going to be wrestling uh, together, uh, folks down freestyle in, in our pro. That's what's happening. We're getting. Uh, the uh, Olympic champions are coming out of those. They're not even uh, graduated from college yet. And if you look at the average age at the Olympics, I think it was 22 years old, 22 and a half years old uh, for the freestyle. Yeah, you're the, the phone cut out a little bit. I don't know if, if you're moving around, but it kind of is cutting in and out a little bit. But no, I didn't. Okay, so, so one of the things you talked about was these RTCs, and it's it's so interesting your your viewpoint because you look at things from such a global, top down, fifty thousand feet. I, I've been through all the battles. I you know I know what what needs to happen. So, do you feel like the Olympic team should train together, or do you feel like the current structure is better? And and why do you feel, however, whichever position you're taking? You can't afford the Olympic team uh, to, together because they have to have workout partners. It's just not the Olympic team. They beat each other to death. Right. I mean, you have to have three or four workout partners. That's why the RTCs works. Uh, they, they they take these collegiate guys, grind them up, and give me another one and grind him up and give me another one. And by, after, by their, while they're doing that, they're making that athlete better. Uh, and, then, and then periodically – they move into uh, up to Colorado Springs, and, and Bill Zach and his team take them and fine-tune them, and then they put them back into the RTCs, work at it, put them overseas, work at that, bring them back. Uh, so I think the p- program is working. It's it's uh, it's not going. It's not. I don't think changed uh, drastically, and I I think that they if you try to put them all up in Colorado Springs, uh, it, it would be it would be an economic disaster. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the things that when I when I 
talked to Lee and he said you'd be willing to do the interview, one of the first questions that popped into my head was, what happened when wrestling was going to be dropped from the Olympics? Because, you know, most of us who love wrestling, we certainly signed a petition. Maybe we made a donation. Maybe we bought a T-shirt. Maybe some people did a little bit more. But there were a few major movers and shakers that made this thing not happen. As much as you're allowed to share with the public, what specifically had to be done to save wrestling? And, and what role did specifically did you and, and other people play in making that happen? Well, I think a group got together. Uh, Bill Shear uh, led the group, and uh, there was a lot of uh, money raised, and uh, that m- money was spent on and getting people to talk to the right people. Um, uh, the IOC, you have to understand the IOC, and that that's, takes a lot of time. It's, <laughs> you know, you're dealing with a political animal, and 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 and, and understand when you when you when you think people say that wrestling was at the brink of not being, uh, was going to be kicked out. Look at the vote. The, we got enough votes off, off the first round that we were put back. It, we, we were taken out of the, the group that was going to be eliminated. The team uh, sports were put up to a committee to, to have them eliminated. And we were exempt from that at the first vote. We, these other sports that were spent millions and millions of dollars to try to get into the Olympics were eliminated at the first vote. They were not, they did not have the right, any kind of excuse to eliminate wrestling. It's one of the number one sports that that ever has been in in the Olympics, and we had women's wrestling, so we we were diverse, and not to the extent that they would like to have seen it, but we had we had evolved and had women's wrestling there. That's why uh, now it's six six and six, mm-hmm. eight eight and eight at the worlds, and um, and so uh, I think there was just a lot of explaining to people, uh, sitting down uh, with uh, the right people and, and, uh, and, and, and making sure that everybody understood uh, that it wasn't, it wasn't a smart thing to eliminate wrestling. Where this, where, look at where wrestling is very, very strong, uh, uh, you know, uh, Russia and Iran and, and uh, who have a, a lot of influence and, and, at the IOC, uh, so and and with the United States pushing it, look at the committee that was uh, that was on there that we we talked to, and I I, I was I, I would I knew that we were not going to be eliminated uh, really? okay. early on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There was I never 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 had the thought that we would be eliminated. So you guys just did the process you needed to to confirm that, but you. It wasn't as scary. No, no, no. That was just no, no. A lot of people have felt different than I did. I'm not saying that I knew something that they didn't know. You felt I just that did, way. in my in my heart. I just didn't. I didn't think that the, that the world would eliminate a sport like wrestling and and put in uh uh uh, uh what it was it uh, field hockey or some uh, I forget what the 
sports that they wanted to replace us with. It just wasn't going to happen. We haven't evolved to that to that level yet. Yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense when you describe it that way. Um, it, it was it handball, glass handball? Yeah, I think that handball they, was they, one yeah, of them, yeah, yeah, handball. I, I just don't think that there's that many handball players in the world. There was a lot of money behind it, but I just don't think there's a a lot of handball people. And I I think when you look at the influence of the sport of wrestling and who the people who have where they're at and where and what and what sports they were involved in, I think you'd see a lot of people that were wrestlers that are in in charge of uh, a lot of important uh, companies and um, positions and and governments throughout the world. Yeah, and a friend of mine says, you know, when you think about sports, like when the Olympics were originally created, like, you know, 1896 or 1904, and I don't want to get the date wrong, but that the first sport was probably wrestling and the second part was sport was probably running because once you got done kicking my ass, I probably ran. So, <laughs> <laughs> so probably handball was pretty far down the, down the totem pole in those things. <laughs> so. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the 15 handballers, I didn't think they had enough, uh, you know, they might've had a lot of money, but I don't think it was going to. Yeah. Be, uh, yeah. What do you see as the biggest challenges and biggest opportunities um, for wrestling? You know, here I guess in the, from the United States point of view, what are the biggest? You know, the the biggest opportunity for wrestling is a great sport, makes you a better person, and makes you be able to walk up to Donald Trump and talk to him and say how how are you, or or uh, to uh, Hillary Clinton, or uh, to you, or to anybody. Uh, the ability to understand how hard work will get you something. Uh, it, it makes you smarter. Uh, I, 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 in, in men and women, uh, I think it's a great sport uh, for them to get a be completely well-rounded. I think there's obviously the challenge that we have to do is that a lot of people, there's so many opportunities and, 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 and some people, we don't, they don't like the, the, the uh, uniform. And we're so against, oh, let's change the uniform then. If they don't like the singlet, let's do something different. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, if it's, uh, if they don't like, if, if it's all about winning, we, at our, our, our academy, we don't put our ones and twos beating the crap out of our threes and fours right. and fives. We, we send the twos to one tournament, send our threes and fours and fives to other tournaments. Uh, we, it's not all about winning. It's about doing the sport. Uh, you know, you, you, Taekwondo and, 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 and Judo and other, other sports, they've already figured that out. Yeah, uh, we, system, we, right. we're, we're, we're too much about winning and, and it's ingrained in us. I mean, I, this is heresy because if, if I, if I talk to John Smith about losing, I don't think he understand the word losing in his, in his vocabulary. Every coach wants to be a winner. It's all about winning and putting the best team out there. It's, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about getting young men and women in, in, introduced into the sport, getting to so we don't chase them out. We chase out 40% of the athletes to try out it for the sport uh, because they can't hang, and there's and and it's just too hard. You you don't have to. There's a certain amount that want to be competitive, and there's a certain amount of people that just want to be in the sport. And, and do the sport. I mean, let's face it. Look at all every every university, every college, every team. 
there's 30 or so athletes on there. There's only be so many of them are going to wrestle. Correct. So there's a lot of people that do it because they love the sport. And, and, and we have to understand, let's find the people that just love the sport, and we'll get the elites out of them. But let's not pound, beat them to death while we're trying to find the elites. And because everybody has people in, on their team that's there because they love the sport. It's so well put, and you're right. And, like, sometimes, I mean, if wrestling is smart, some of the biggest donors, some of the people I know that love wrestling, you know, that supported my father and I when we were at Merrimack were far and away not the best wrestlers when they were at Merrimack, but they loved the experience. They loved my father coaching them. They loved what wrestling did for them as a person. And they came back and supported the sport and supported the school. So, as usual, you're correct. So, I mean, but I think that's a perspective that probably – more of us need to take. Um, one of the things that strikes me is how so many people have such reverence for you, and deservedly so. Who are some of the people that you really respect the most in wrestling, and, and, and why do you feel that way? Well, I, I respect all the athletes, I, 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 what they've accomplished and what they gave up. A lot of them gave up uh, to get to where they wanted to be and, and with that dream. I, I, I respect the coaches. I respect Bobby Douglas to, to a, a fault. I mean, I, I know him, uh, for so long and, and, and Bobby and Josie, who really, uh, introduced me to the upper level of the, of the sport. Uh, Tom Dubin, who I, I, I started out with at the Wristlock Club, uh, who made me love the sport and, uh, and the, and the, and the, my, uh, fellows that I used to, Roll around with down at the Wristlock Club at the YMCA. Uh, those that that's my my roots and beginning uh, with Tom and 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 those athletes, and then going to uh, and, and then start then when I started Sunkiss with Tom and 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 then with Bobby Douglas and then Josie uh, and and uh, and uh, with all the the coaches that have helped. Since then, I mean, there's been a whole bunch of them, and I don't want to uh, cut them. I, I, I respect the coaches because they they all have such a, a vocation because they uh, just recently have been getting some good pay, but they don't even come close to what some of these uh, other coaches get. It's a, it, right. it, it, you know, but they're they're all in good six figures. A lot of them are in good six figures, but they're still. Uh, they do it. The, 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 if you probably put it down by the hour, they're probably making ten, twelve dollars an hour. That's right. Uh, Lee Pritch is uh, making five dollars an hour. Uh, <laughs> We're getting so, him off food stamps. <laughs> yeah, Zeke has uh, uh, got bag on, bags under his eyes. I told him the other day, God, Zeke. I mean, you know, uh, you can't put in fifteen hours a day. You got to sleep. And uh, but they, 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 the, the coaches, he impresses me. Uh, to death and, uh, and, and what they've done and, and, and everybody that steps up, uh, you mentioned Andy Barth earlier. Yeah, Andy Barth doesn't have to do this. Doesn't have to do it. Right. But he, he does it. Look what all the lives he's touching in a very short period of time, how much he's, he, what he's done with Beat the Streets. Look at Beat the Streets, what they've done, uh, with, uh, starting in New York and, and, and now in LA and other, and now they're going to increase yeah. Uh, uh, Novo is what he's done. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, 
and uh, it, it is uh, uh, Jim Ravenack and uh, what he's done uh, did for the sport, staying there for so long and helping uh, wrestling uh, uh, and, and get with his wisdom. Uh, so, uh, they, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on uh, with uh, people. I mean, I, I'm impressed uh, with with the sport itself and how how uh, well it's done. Uh, and, and those are just the people that spoke. It, it, in my life, I've met a lot of uh, people that are, are just uh, uh, truly blessed to be able to know. And uh, and uh, I, I can't. Uh, uh, it you you don't get anywhere in this world by yourself. Sure, uh, sure. You, you get the you get there with a lot of help. I have an unbelievable wife that. Uh, I uh, met when she was a sophomore in high school and I was a senior in high school and we've been together ever since. And uh, this nothing, none of this would have happened without her. We should probably so, get uh, for another chat to, to educate all of us that haven't figured out how to make that work for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been together for almost uh, 60 years, uh, 51 years of marriage and uh, I think seven years for uh, uh, going together before we got married. But, uh, I uh, we had three kids in our marriage, and uh, no, it's uh, three daughters, wonderful daughters, unbelievable daughters, uh, so much brighter than I am. I don't know. Their mother is uh, they got it from her. You're you're funny and humble. So um, <laughs> I I, I want to make sure that folks that want to support Sunkiss Kids, you know, on the Wikipedia page, it talks about that the goals of Sunkiss Kids is to build the international open tournament as the premier international wrestling event in the world, to promote the Sunkiss Kids Golf Classic as the premier charity fundraising event in Arizona. You've mentioned the, the Kids Academy and that that exists, and and also to develop and to implement summer wrestling camps uh, to help these guys grow, men and women, and then to develop opportunities for the Sunkiss Kids athletes through individual sponsorships, local employment, and assisting them in transition beyond their wrestling career. So if if people listen to this and they want to get involved or support Sunkiss Kids. Hello? Yes, I'm still here. Yeah, okay. Okay, if they want to uh, support Sunkiss Kids, how do they do that, Art? Just go on our website and send a check to Sunkiss Kids. We have a, we're a 501c3, and uh, and they, so it's a tax uh, donation, uh, free donation, and uh, um, and uh, we appreciate anything uh, because uh, – uh, to keep uh, uh, where our golf tournament is uh, uh, in two weeks, and uh, we have a full team, 144 uh, players, Double and uh, there you go. yeah, and it, it's great uh, the, the the support we've gotten uh, from the community and uh, and just from wrestling. I, 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 I there's a it's it's I, I was blessed to be able to. Uh, meet uh, somebody I didn't mention the, the officials, but Rick Ducci, when I first got into the sport and he kind of took me in my w- wing when I was jumping up and down, I saw a missed call and, and I, I thought the, the life, the world had ended and, and he explained, Art, you're going to see a few, these are human beings, you know, you got to understand that officials make mistakes as well as you do. So uh, uh, you, you get, uh, as you, as you get into the sport and you, and you start doing these things, you see what is important, and and like our our uh, uh, our kids program, uh, we have uh, some, our own little beak streets, our 
our academy, which I've mentioned quite a few times, our academy, we have a lot of kids that we uh, bring in there and we put them on scholarship and uh, and they've done really well. A lot of them have gone to different uh, high schools, uh, uh, you know, across the country uh, because they really, we just don't have the competition here in Arizona. Hopefully we're building that competition at our schools and, and we'll retain those kids and they don't have to go to Wyoming Seminary or, or these other places to, right. to wrestle and get kids. So the the website for these folks that want to support you is just sunkisskids.org, correct? Right. Okay. Yeah. Art, it's been an hour. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. Um, I do have to thank Lee Pritz publicly for probably hounding you and nagging you into doing this. I appreciate it. No, he didn't. He he called up and and Lee's feeling under the weather, so I didn't want to make him feel any worse. So I uh, <laughs> I got I got I, I said yes, uh, and, and I normally don't do these things. But uh, it's been a pleasure. You didn't try to uh, throw any zingers, and I, I, I appreciate that. I, some people think that that's, a, that's cool, but uh, it, it's been a, a very uh, uh, joyful thing for me to be able to talk to you. I, it, I appreciate it very much. No, sir. I would, that's the last thing I would do. Um, and I hope I'm going to be in Las Vegas next week, so I'm probably going to text you and see if I could just shake your hand and thank you in person. I'll be there. Um, you're one of the the guys that was when I first started this show that was on my bucket list. So I just I can't thank you enough. You're you're a true ambassador, a pioneer, and literally one of the most selfless people in wrestling. I've had the pleasure of talking to you. So thank you so much for your time and God bless. Thank you, David. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the legendary Art Martori. This is David Miracatani with Matt Chat. Talk to you all next week. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com.